Welcome to Whores Talk Horror. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello, welcome to Horse Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. I'm Melinda. And today we are going to be, um, this is going to be part one of our two-part episode of horror movies coming out in 2020. This is not an all-inclusive list, but we have um, compiled a list of a bunch of movies and we're just going to start talking about them. Yeah. And no and no particular order in terms of like what like our preference. We're just going to dive right in. All right. So the first movie is actually already released. It is The Grudge. Uh, it was released on January 3rd. And from what I've been hearing, it really has not been getting great reviews. I actually didn't even know it was out yet. I'll hold my tongue for a bit longer <laughs> and let you talk some more, Sharon. So the plot of this new grudge movie, after a young mother murders her family in her own house, a single mother and a young detective try to investigate and solve the case. Later, she discovers the house is cursed by a vengeful ghost that dooms those who enter it with a violent death. Now she runs to save herself and her son from demonic spirits from the cursed house in her neighborhood. The house that's holding a grudge against her. Sorry. Good one. (laughs) I've not had much coffee. I had to. So this will actually be the first American grudge film not to have any involvement with Takashi Shimizu. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Is that? I think so. I think that's correct. I know his name by sight. I don't know how to say it. So, (laughs) Well, if I mispronounce it, I apologize. Um, But he directed the original for Juon Films and also the uh, two American remakes Although he did not direct The Grudge 3 from 2009, he did remain as a producer on that film. So the original plan was to reboot the series completely, featuring a new storyline that abandons the uh, Saki family. Did I say that right, Mindy? I think so. Sure. And however, um, it was confirmed in an interview with Nicholas Pesh that the film takes place during the events of The Grudge, uh, the 2004 Grudge, and also The uh, Grudge 2 from 2006. So this is like, I guess they're saying this is like an overlying story. It's taking place at the same time. I'm not sure if there's any relationship between this movie. People got a lot of grudges. There's... Yeah, I'm not sure. Too many grudges, I think. I'm not sure why they had to do another, yet another grudge movie. Oh, my God. But uh, Nicholas Pesh, who actually wrote and directed the movie Piercing, which we discussed in our part two episode of uh, the 2019 horror movies, um, he said that he took inspiration from The Exorcist and also The Changeling, which are two of my all-time favorite horror films. So... I mean, I don't know how much inspiration he took from those <laughs> movies. I'm because based on the reviews that I've read so far, this movie is just really, really bad. But whatever, I'm, I'll watch it for myself eventually and make my own. I'll form my own opinions there you go. on it. Um, and it's also produced by Sam Raimi, who's awesome. So I had no, so I didn't know. That's interesting that Sam Raimi is producing because, like, anyway, um, I personally. Sharon Kimmery said this. I I actually really like Japanese horror and Korean horror films, and I own 
Juan, um, and I actually thought the other two American, the remakes, the American ones with Sarah Michelle Gellar were actually not that bad. So we saw this trailer in the theater before Black Christmas, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, and Spencer's going, be quiet. Luckily, Sharon was in the bathroom, so she didn't hear me. But yeah, I don't, I mean, they changed it from the father killing to the mother, it sounds like, but do we really need another? Whatever. I'm just done. Um, I will say, though, that the director uh, made the movie The Eyes of My Mother. I think you can watch it on Shudder and Netflix, and it's an interesting one. So uh, I I find this remake curious, but I'm annoyed. I'll still watch it probably with Sharon. Oh, Nicholas Pesh made The Eyes of My Mother? Yeah, it's an interesting movie. Okay. I I did do um, a bit of reading about that movie when I was researching piercing and... I think that one had slightly better reviews than Piercing, so I might yeah. check that out. I think you should, actually. The one thing I will say about this new Grudge movie <laughs> is it does have Lynn Shay, True. Who we both love, yes. and it also has Betty Gilpin from Glow, and I do have a huge girl crush on her. She's pretty awesome. Um, But, yeah. So, I'll see it, Um, because we're going to have to review all the horror movies from 2020 so we can do our end of the year episode um but this might possibly be on the bottom of my list we technically don't have to do it do review it for the end of the year but you know that we're going to want to bitch about it so i'm gonna wait for video as us old people say well we also have to warn everyone (laughs) to not see it (laughs) sometimes you have to take one for the team so true and you did that for me this year so i might have to return the favor but all right. We'll figure that out later. That's another discussion. So, Mindy, your turn. What do you got for us? Okay. Um, so, uh, the first movie I'm going to talk about is called Underwater. Um, the U.S. release date was yesterday. Uh, well, for us, January 10th, because um, we are in the future, or in the past, <laughs> as you're listening to this. Um so the plot is, is a crew of aquatic researchers work to get safety after an earthquake devastates their subterranean laboratory. But the crew is more than the ocean seabed to fear. Kristen Stewart apparently shaved her head for the role, so hopefully it was worth it. I personally thought that the tagline for this should be a nautical action horror flick starring Kristen Stewart and T.J. Miller. Because um, I know I've seen this movie before, actually twice, before it was called The Abyss and Leviathan. Like, I don't know why we keep making these movies about underwater creatures, but I've heard somewhat interesting things about this. And Kristen Stewart, outside of Twilight, I guess, is not a bad actress. So I might see it, but I'll probably wait for streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's out Janu- well, January 10th in the States. So there you go. You can go see it if you want to. Underwater horror movies are not really my thing, but... Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I mean... We'll watch it when it's... I have a pretty good idea what's probably going to happen. <laughs> when it's <but> free. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, uh, what's, what do you got for us next, Sharon? All right. So the next movie I have is The Turning, uh, which comes out January 24th. It's based on the 1898 novella, The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. The Turning is more of a modern take on this story, and it's actually set in the 90s, though. Um it's directed by a female director, and there's actually a lot of female directors on this list, which I, I think is that. awesome. Yeah. Uh, her name is Floria uh, Sigismondi. Sure. She directed Marilyn Manson's The Beautiful People video, and also the movie The Runaways, which I have not seen, um, the movie which Kristen Stewart 
uh, plays Joan Jett. We've got a Christian Stewart theme going. <laughs> um, so it's about a young governess who is hired by a man who has become responsible for his young niece and nephew after the deaths of their parents. The kids are creepy and know dark secrets about the house. The two young children who are played by Brooklyn Prince from the movie The Florida Project, um, which I have not seen, and I really, really want to see that movie because I heard it's amazing. Same. And also Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things and also the new It movies. Uh, the movie takes inspiration from the 1961 movie The Innocence, which Spencer and I actually just watched Good. for the first time. Um, and it was also based on the novella The Turn of the Screw, which I previously mentioned. And although much of the screenplay for The Innocence was not actually derived from Henry James' novella, but from William Archibald's 1950 Broadway adaptation, also titled The Innocence, William Archibald and Truman Capote used much of Archibald's own stage play to write the screenplay for that 1961 film. And here's a little bit of trivia from IMDb. This is one of two adaptations of Henry James's novella, The Turn of the Screw, that will that will be released in 2020. The other, Mindy, no, you're going to be excited for this. I actually have heard about is this. Is the second season of Netflix's The Haunting of Hill House by Mike Flanagan, who is now becoming one of our favorite directors. Yep. Um, and it'll be called The Haunting of Bly Manor. So both adaptations are produced by Amblin Entertainment. So I'm honestly more excited for uh, season two of The Haunting of Hill House. Well, I guess The Haunting of Bly Manor. But yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm going to have to say this may be not a very popular opinion but I didn't care for the innocence that much and it actually made me like the haunting more because I think they're both very similar with the whole is the woman crazy or is the house really haunted kind of theme I just didn't think that um the the kids weren't that creepy I just kept waiting for them to get like creepier and creepier and for it to get like pushed over the edge and it just never got to that point for me. And I think The Haunting did that so much better. So mm. I was a little let down by um, The Innocence. I actually do want to see this movie, though. I love The Innocence um, quite a bit. And it is, I, I agree. It is like The Haunting. They were kind of released, I think, around the same time. And uh, a lot of the special effects are very similar, obviously, with the dark and the mansion. But, um, like... They, they did some innovative stuff, too, which I won't get into now because we don't have all day. But um, I don't I it's been a while since I've actually read The Turn of the Screw. And I don't know that I've ever read the play, but um, I don't know that the kids are necessarily like they're creepy. It's not a creepy kid movie like it is, but like they are. Well, I don't want to say too much because they're spoilers, but I, I see your point. But we might have to talk about this off the air yeah. so that we can uh, not spoil stuff for people. But I will definitely see this if I might go to the theaters to see it, but I'll definitely see it streaming because I'll be curious probably. But I like the original. Well, if anything, the trailer, which I accidentally saw because um, oh. I'm not I'm totally avoiding Good. trailers for horror movies if I can. Um, the the children in this movie did look really fucking creepy and evil. So that's why yes. I, I guess when I was watching The Innocence, I kind of expected it to be more on that level. And so I was a little let down. Eh, whatever. I mean, check out the Debraker classic, uh, which I think, Mindy, you told me it was on Criterion now. So check out The Innocence and then maybe watch this movie just to compare. 
Yeah, they have a version. It was streaming on Criterion. I don't know if it is now, but isn't the isn't that the preview where there's a, a, a spider involved? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, I, I take that back. Maybe I won't see this one. We'll have to see. I'm not a fan of spiders, but anyway. All right. What do you got next on the list? Okay. So this next one is uh, going to be interesting. It's called Color Out of Space. Uh, the release date is January 24th, 2020. It's a story of cosmic terror about the gardeners, a family who moves to a remote farmstead in rural New England to escape the hustle of the 21st century, which, again, always a bad idea. Why do people always think they have to move to the country? This mysterious meteorite uh, crashes into their front yard and seems to melt into the earth and then infects both the land and the properties of space and time with a strange otherworldly color. But to their horror, the gardener family discovers that the alien force is gradually mutating every life form that it touches, including them. Nick Cage is the star of this, and this is produced uh, by the same producers who did Mandy, which I still haven't seen. I know I have to see it. Um, but those producers include Elijah Wood uh, and Richard Stanley, who di- directed and co-wrote the movie, asked Nicolas Cage to use the same style of performance he used in uh, the movie Vampire's Kiss from 1988, uh, which is apparently his favorite Nicolas Cage (laughs) movie. Um, It's also starring Tommy Chong. You heard me. Um, (laughs) This is adapted. Sold. (laughs) Right? But also, it gets better. This is adapted from a short story by Lovecraft, and this actually premiered at TIFF in 2019, um, so some folks have already seen it and I feel like I've heard buzz, but I, again, I don't, I avoid spoilers and trailers, um, goes without saying that this is going to be promisingly weird. Uh, personally, I love that Nick Cage is embracing his inner crazy as he ages. So I'm in totally. Yeah. I'll go see it for Nick Cage and Tommy Chong alone. And also I, I love Elijah Wood and I think he makes some pretty interesting horror movies. I love yes. his production company. Yes. Yes, All right. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Sharon, what do you got for us? All right. So next up, I have Gretel and Hansel. This movie is going to be released on January 31st. There's a lot of horror movies coming out this month. Uh, it's directed by Oz Perkins, who's actually the son of Anthony Perkins. Okay. I was and it stars Sophia Lillis, who is the girl that played the young Beverly Marsh in the new It movies. And I thought she was fantastic. So I love her. Yeah. yeah. So I expect like an absolutely great performance out of her um the little boy who plays Hansel hasn't really done anything um so we don't give a fuck about him so <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that but then I held my tongue so just kidding anyway. so according to Oz Perkins in an interview the title was changed because this version focuses on Gretel who is older quote it's awfully faithful to the original story. It's got really only three principal characters, Hansel, Gretel, and the witch. We tried to find a way to make it more of a coming-of-age story. I wanted Gretel to be somewhat older than Hansel, so it didn't feel like two 12-year-olds, rather a 16-year-old and an 8-year-old. There was more of a feeling like Gretel having to take Hansel around everywhere she goes and how that can impede one's own evolution, how our attachments and the things that we love can sometimes get in the way of our growth. I think we all basically know the story of Hansel and Gretel, so it sounds like this is going to be like that with um, him adding a little more depth to the characters and with a slightly different twist. 
due to their ages. Um, so yeah, I would check this one out because I kind of want to see um, what Sophia Lillis, uh, like, yeah, yeah see I her performance it. in this because she was, she's a really amazing young actress. I have not seen her do anything bad. Like, I've not seen any bad performance of hers because she was in Sharp Objects too on each, or was that the one? Yeah, on HBO, the the uh, miniseries that was the adaptation of the of Gillian Flynn's book. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> um, it's really good, I didn't but see that. she was in that too, and she was a young Amy mm. Adams, I think, in that. She, I mean, she's oh, like always fantastic. Yeah, that. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Also, every I listened to what you said, but every time you would say Hansel, I just thought of why are you acting so messed up towards me. Why are you acting so messed up towards me? Because of Zoolander. That's okay. <laughs> I, no, I guess I know what else. Zoolander is big... reference. The only thing I remember from Zoolander is um... Owen Wilson is Hansel, and it's just crazy oh, funny. Yeah, no, I just remember when they were like going to get frappuccinos, and they were driving around in the <laughs> the truck with the top down to wake me up before you go go. <laughs> I like that. I like that movie is very quotable. It's literally the only thing I remember from that movie, and has nothing to do with the, the Hansel and Gretel movie we're talking about now. Except Not that at all. Hopefully, now y'all laugh anytime they say Hansel in the theater. All right, Mindy. All right, buckle up, everybody. Um, my reaction to this next movie was "Go home, Hollywood. You're drunk." Fantasy Island, apparently coming out on Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, twenty twenty. Um, in air quotes, a horror take on the classic TV series directed by the guy who did Truth or Dare, um, to clarify, not the Madonna movie, the Blumhouse film from uh, 2018. Did not see that. I did not either. Um, I've seen the Madonna one and I love it. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, that director is not directing this film. Damn it. And I had not heard great things about that other Truth or Dare. Um, And... This is a gamble, to say the least. Um, frankly, I'll be shocked if they pull this off successfully, because from what I was reading online, a lot like Cinema Blend and 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 uh, I think I went to Slate or something, and people are like, "Well, if they had a solid director, it, that would be one thing." Because this is either going to this can either be excellent or utterly crappy, and I just think it's probably gonna be utterly crappy and just watch lost because about not crazy island there um michael rooker from uh henry portrait of a serial killer and the walking dead is in this movie as well as lucy hale uh also from truth or dare uh scream for and pretty little liars the film is described as being a tonal mix of Westworld meets Cabin in the Woods, centering on a group of contest winners who arrive at an island hotel to live out their dreams, only to find themselves trapped in nightmare scenarios. Again, don't go to remote, odd places seeking your dreams, thinking <laughs> everything's perfect, because why, sh- why should it be? I'm so curious about this movie. I'm definitely <laughs> curious. I-, I just am kind of speechless listen i don't really know what to think but again i will def this will be a drunken streaming one probably for sure unless i'm convinced otherwise i'm just waiting for the um horror movie remake of the brady bunch 
right? No, seriously, <laughs> like, is Green Acres next? Like, I don't, they're zombies now. Oh. Well, actually, Green Acres, though, they're already, like, on a remote farm, so that might be. And the zombie apocalypse happens, and Granny's still sitting that rocker on top of the truck. Oh, you're thinking of Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, crap. Well, <laughs> let's just, we can, they'll probably make that, too, so. Is that the next trend of horror versions of old comedy well, TV shows? Well, they're running out of movies to remake, so I guess you start remaking TV right? shows. Seriously. So I, it'll be interesting. This will either be a fun, colossal disaster to watch or maybe really fun and scary, but um, I'll definitely wait for streaming and will probably be a little intoxicated when I watch it. And I'm waiting for my mom's reaction to be like, wait, they're making a horror fantasy island? That'll be fun. Maybe I'll try and audio record it so we can include it on this podcast because I bet she'll scream. Anyway, Sharon, um, how about you talk about the next movie you've got on your list because I'm excited to hear you talk about it. So I think we're both excited to see this movie. I think we are. It's The Lodge, which which, which comes out on February 7th. It stars Riley Keough, a.k.a. Elvis Presley's granddaughter, uh, also Alicia Silverstone and Jaden Martell from the new It movies and also Knives Out, which I just saw Knives Out and I actually really, really liked it. Um, But anyways. Yes. uh, Put a pin in that for after the recording. So this is directed by Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz, both from Austria, who also co-directed and wrote the screenplay for Goodnight Mommy. What, what? Which if you have not seen that, check that out. It's a fucked up psychological horror movie from Austria. Uh, this movie is a bone-chilling nightmare that follows a family who retreat to their, guess where, a remote winter cabin. What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with you people? Over the holidays, and when the father is forced to abruptly depart for work, clearly he leaves his children in the care of his new girlfriend, Grace, played by Riley Keough. Uh, they are isolated and alone, and a blizzard traps them inside the lodge as terrifying events summing summon specters from grace's dark past hell yes um i believe that goodnight mommy was one of if not the first movie that these two made together and um i had posted about it uh for our 31 movies of halloween on instagram and um while I know that that goodnight mommy some people find aspects of it problematic overall that movie knocked me off my ass and like i don't like torture movies and that one I don't really feel like that's a huge torture movie but I've seen it like five times I love that movie and artistically they're incredible and so I cannot wait to see what they're going to do next yeah I'm excited for this one because I think they're going to knock us on our ass again and I'm scared and I can't wait all right Mindy what do you have next okay Uh, Next, I have a movie called After Midnight. Uh, This already premiered uh, at Tribeca last April 2019. Uh, The nationwide release date is also Valentine's Day, February 14th. Um, That's according to Rotten Tomatoes. I also noticed I feel like there's a lot of movies coming out on Valentine's Day, horror movies. Coincidentally, the next movie I'm going to be talking about also comes out on Valentine's Day. There's a trend. Actually, I kind of like that trend. Um, When I was looking around, I saw that the full title was listed in one place as um, After Midnight and then in parentheses Something Else. Um, And it's freshly rated um, on rotten tomatoes currently with a 100 percent fresh score Hmm. so that's kind of amazing since it hasn't been released yet um the basic premise is a small time bar owner is stalked by a mysterious monster every night 
after his decade-long blissful relationship with his girlfriend disintegrates abruptly. She leaves him without notice because of his stubborn unwillingness to commit to marriage. Oh, women. Um, for the, those of you last podcast on the left fans, shout out to them. But apparently Henry Zabrowski is in this because he was in the, the cast list on IMDb. So I can't wait. I, and I, I saw the trailer. Yeah, he's in the trailer. Oh, too, my God. Yeah. I can't wait. Um, it's totally, total indie film. Um, comments from critics who've seen it include calling it phrases such as a rom monster com which i think is one of my new favorite phrases and if nothing else the high it scored high for its originality um i am absolutely gonna see this for henry but it sounds like this is gonna be fun yeah it does sound fun and i love henry zabrowski so i will definitely be checking this out maybe we can go on valentine's day oh will you be my date yeah, sorry, Spencer. <laughs> Spencer, you stay home. Yeah, I'll, no, I'll go sit in the back. <laughs> I feel like Henry probably wouldn't attach himself to something that he didn't really think was going to be good or fun or something like that. So I where have kind of high shoes? hopes. Where are your shoes? Oh my I God, just, where are my shoes? <laughs> I just noticed that you're like not wearing. <laughs> no, I'm wearing those boots, and they're kind of like tight and uncomfortable. So I took them off. Oh, it's really okay. cold and snowy. The and weather is in Chicago really right now. Really crappy today. Yeah, it is. I was like, that's a weird non sequitur shirt. Sorry, I just like looked down because we're not at home, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you have no shoes on. I agree with what you said, Spencer, about Henry. To be fair, sometimes people need a paycheck, but since this is like a total indie film, I think it sounds like it's gonna. I have high hopes. All right, so speaking of indie films, uh, my next movie is VFW, which also premiered at a film fest last year. It premiered at the Knoxville Horror Film Fest in October, um, but it's going to be released nationwide on Valentine's Day. It stars David Patrick Kelly, who plays Jerry Horn from Twin Peaks and also like a hundred other things uh-huh. but obviously Twin Peaks is the most important thing he's ever done because I say so and it's my podcast and I agree and it's also my <laughs> podcast so the basic plot is a group of war veterans must defend their local VFW posts and also defend an innocent teenager against a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of punk mutants. That sounds amazing. That's, that's Friday night, basically. <laughs> From what I've read, this movie is supposed to be very violent and gory. I'm kind of picturing um, Green Room mixed with maybe like... Planet Terror? Oh, possibly. I thought with the mutants. I just want to say that at first when I saw this on the list, I totally misread it and thought it was UHF. And I was like, they better not be remaking UHF. As also, a horror movie. That Yeah. I, anyway, not, total non sequitur. That would continue. be funny. I would watch that, though. I would watch a UHF uh, remake if it was a horror movie. You need to see UHF first, I think. I've seen most of uh-huh. it. I've seen the best part. The blind guy with the Rubik's Cube. Is this it? Is this it? <laughs> or what What animal is it where he's like, today we are teaching monkeys how to fly. Uh, or you know, so- poodles or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a funny movie, actually. I want to watch that right now, but we digress. But anyways, um, I'll definitely be going to see this because I really like David Patrick Kelly. And I really like fucked up, violent silly ridiculous horror movies and i don't care if it's good i'll probably enjoy it and george went oh yeah george went's also in it and it's hometown list- boy chicago what what is this listed as a horror comedy 
You know, Cause it I don't... sounds like it is for some reason. I get that because David Patrick Kelly he's kind of a silly guy. He is kind of a silly guy. It says action horror. I'm sure there's some funny moments, but yeah, this sounds interesting. I agree. Maybe we'll go see a double feature on Valentine's Day, <laughs> or like a triple feature because I'm yeah. Maybe there's more. Let's see. We we should keep tabs. Awesome. All right. So Mindy, tell us about your next movie. Since we were talking about Elijah Wood, he got mentioned earlier, and I know you love him, Sharon. Um, The next film I'm going to talk about, coincidentally, stars him. Um, It's called Come to Daddy, which awesome. Sounds like a porno. Uh, Right? (laughs) I was like, what is this? Um, Release date, February 21st, 2020. So they're given the the Valentine's Day week off, and then they're going to release it after that. Um, Too much competition on Valentine's Day already. Right? I know. That's so weird. Love is horrifying. Um, I digress. Uh, this one ha- already also has a whopping, not actually 95% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which again, holy crud. Elijah Wood stars as Norval, a dude who visits his estranged father of 30 years at his, wait for it, remote coastal cabin, as, <laughs> as one does. Naturally, dad's kind of a jerk with a shady past. And that past is coming back to bite both father and son in the ass. Um, that's uh, the basic idea from what I can tell. It looks like there's some cartoonish ultraviolence involved. And, I mean, when done right, that's usually a fun time, I think. Um, Wood's choices, as he's gotten older over the years, have gotten more and more interesting. And I, I just like to think that he's hopefully just, like, invested his Lord of the Rings money and can now take time to star in or fund like any damn artistic endeavor his little heart desires he cope he was producing uh color out of space he also was one of the producers that brought um a girl walks home alone at night to life in here in the states it's that which is an amazing movie if you've not seen it um so i'm definitely curious about it um he elijah also co-founded specter vision which i actually didn't know he was the co-founder of that um but in case you guys don't know what specter vision is um it's an american film production company uh that was co-founded in 2010 along with daniel noah and josh c waller um both of the producers of mandy uh, Spectre Vision focuses mostly on horror films. The company has produced, again, Mandy uh, and Cooties, which I haven't seen yet, but I think looks awesome. And then also uh, Daniel Isn't Real, and those are just to name a few. So all around, this sounds interesting for sure. Yeah. Daniel Isn't Real came out last year, and it was on our list of movies yeah. to watch, but I didn't have time to watch it. But I've, I've heard um, mostly good things about it, so I do kind of want to check that out. But also, I just love Elijah Wood so much. And what is that movie he made um, that was on? It was like a straight-to-Netflix horror movie, and it starred uh, the girl from... Um, I Don't Want to Live on This Planet Anymore. Yes. That movie was so fucking he good. Was am- he was so good in that. I Don't I- Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Oh, I was close. That close was a good enough. one. Melanie Linsky is the actress, though, you're talking about. Yes. And I, I actually need to watch that again. You, I think you texted me and you were like, you need to see this. I kind of feel like this is my life. And like the first 10 minutes is like, this is me having a shitty day. Like I re- bought that movie, Hook, Line, and Sinker. And Elijah Wood is fantastic in it. They both are. We need to have him on our show. My goal is to have Elijah Wood on our show oh and interview him. I am loving the choices he's making. Like I clearly, Seriously. I'm not, I'm not seeing a lot of it, but the little bit that I've seen like that one. And there was another one. Was it the one Henry or there was another weird one where he played some creepy dude yes. or something? Well, he um, redid um, 
Maniac. Yes. That, that's what it was. That's what it was. Um, oh, and back to the movie that we're talking about, Come to Daddy. I did watch the trailer for this one, and it takes place in New Zealand. So right away, that's a that's a thing to watch. Um, and it looks pretty funny, too, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I agree, though. I just, I even if it's a hit or a miss, like, I like that Elijah Wood is like, this seems interesting. Let's try it. And just, like, goes balls deep for it. And that's rad. So, yeah. I'm. If nothing else, I'll see it just because I'll be curious. Also, way to go, Elijah Wood. Give us, give us a call. <laughs> call us. All right, Sharon, what you got for us next? Uh, is it UHF? It is not UHF. <laughs> it is Brahms, The Boy 2, which is in theaters February 21st. Uh, this sequel to the original, which the original, I I enjoyed it. It was not, it was not bad. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. Um, It was it was fine. Yeah, I kind of felt that way, um, except that I had the, the twist of it spoiled for me long before I ever saw it. So I think had I not had that information, it would have been a different experience. But now I maybe have a second chance. What's this one about? So this one stars Katie Holmes. It's directed by William Brent Bell, who directed the first one. Mm. Um, the sequel is also... Um, written by the same writer as the original after a family moves into the Heelshire mansion, which is the mansion from the original movie. Uh, the young son soon makes soon makes friends with a lifelike doll called Brahms. So it's got a uh, creepy kid twist, you know, kid talking to the dead or something. I don't know. Well, dolls and kids are always, especially doll- that kind of doll. Kid, kid, like horror movies involving kids is creepy, and horror movies involving dolls is creepy. So yeah, when you combine those two things together, extra creepy. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Um. So yeah, same mansion in England, same doll. Other than that, not much else is really known about the story. I'll probably watch it when it's like on Redbox or streaming or something. Um. Definitely not going to go see this in the theater, but. I'll check it out. The first one was kind of a big hit, wasn't it? I don't remember. Mm, I don't remember it's a if it was a... well. I thought. Yeah, I don't remember. I still really love Katie Holmes. I have a special place in my heart for her, and so even if it's a bad movie, but it's a, a movie that gets a lot of people to the theaters, I hope she gets a good paycheck because she deserves it. Wanna... I also thought that maybe this movie was about the ghost of Brahms inhabiting the doll, and then I, you're description just now proved me wrong but that might have i'm interested to see what that movie would look like i want to see a horror movie uh about katie holmes getting trapped into marriage with tom cruise and dealing with um scientology thank you and dealing with scientology and then escaping that marriage because that actually seems horrifying well you can watch that and then they'll (laughs) come and hunt you down and kill you because they don't like people uh, smearing them or just are distractors or any of that shit so no they'll kill the people who try and make that movie it won't even get made this is true this is true although katie holmes got out alive which was that was smooth the way she pulled that shit off i know but that's seriously that's a fucking horror movie right there i want to yeah. see that horror movie katie holmes is the a real official she's the official real final girl <laughs> all right mindy <sighs> okay so the untitled Saw project expected May 15, 2020. I've only seen the first Saw film, and that was a really, really long time. So this is a reboot. That was a really, really long time? Ago. Sorry. In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> um, this is a reboot of the Saw, ho- hopefully not franchise, but whatever. But it's by Chris 
rock. Initially, my response was, of course it is, because we desperately need another Saw reboot. But with Croc... Oh. Croc? <laughs> That's his nickname. <laughs> Croc. Oh, sorry, Chris Rock. We love you. Yeah, Chris Rock is too many syllables, so we just need to say Croc. <laughs> well, with him working in front and behind the camera, and then having uh, co-stars like Samuel L. Jackson on board... This actually could be interesting, I think. Um, details are sort of under wraps, but I'm, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for this. According to director Darren Bozeman, uh, this movie will contain the biggest trap of any Saw movie, which think mm. about what that means. Um, it is also the biggest one ever built and will have arguably the most horrific death scene so far. Interesting. That's I, a that's a huge that's a, a lot of expectation to set right up front. Um, this is also the ninth movie in the franchise. How have they made nine Saw movies? But anyway, interesting is I what know. I have to say about that. I've only seen the original Saw, yeah. and then I saw Jigsaw, which I heard was terrible. It was okay. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Saw. I'm not a huge fan of either of those movies. Obviously, if I was, I would have watched the other seven. Wait. Six in between? Eight. Eight, because this is going to be the ninth. Yeah, but I, the other six in between the two I saw. Oh. So. Sorry. <laughs> so Math I, is hard. Math is hard. Um, But no, there. I think it was Jigsaw that had a trap that involved like a grain silo. Oh, God. So a grain silo is pretty fucking big. So this is going to be bigger than a grain silo. But they probably didn't build the grains. It was probably like a real But one. still, they just said biggest trap in general. So if it's bigger than a grain silo. That's then fucking that's big. Fucking big. And also, I'll just go see it for Samuel L. Jackson in a horror movie directed by. Wait, you said it was directed by Chris uh, Rock? He's or? Uh, writing it. Yeah, and I'll producing, go see it. I believe. <laughs> or co-writing it or something. But yeah, he's behind the camera and he's going to have a part in it. So uh, those two. And then the biggest trap with the most horrific death scene so far yeah. in Saw, that is a that is saying so much and such a huge expectation. I'd say, where's the popcorn? I'll watch just for that. Yeah. And also, I'm a huge fan of Croc. So. <laughs> <laughs> With, sorry, Chris Rock, we love you. I'll go see it just for that. I'm no. going to drink some more coffee while Sharon tells us about the next movie. All right. This is another movie um, that is... A, Hap- it's happening. Well, <laughs> that, this is another movie that is happening. In fact, it's already been made. <laughs> um, it comes out... Wait, I should tell you the name, right? Um, <laughs> the Invisible Man comes out February 28th, stars Elizabeth Moss from Handmaid's Tale and also from Scientology. What? Speaking of, uh, she is trapped in a violent controlling relationship with a wealthy and brilliant scientist. It should be a Scientologist. I was going to say, is this the Katie Holmes movie that you were talking <laughs> this about? This is, the, oh my God. That is really funny because it, I mean, we'll listen to the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. It it could be. <laughs> Cecilia, played by Moss, escapes in the dead of night and disappears into hiding, which kind of sounds like uh, sleeping with the enemy. Uh, but when Cecilia's abusive ex commits suicide and Ooh. leaves her a generous portion of his vast fortune, Cecilia suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of eerie coincidences turns lethal, threatening the lives of those she loves, Cecilia's sanity begins to unravel as she desperately tries to prove that she is being hunted by someone nobody can see. So 
before I started saying like fuck watching horror movie trailers, I did see the trailer for this, which pretty much gave away the entire plot. Okay. Um, which is why we need to avoid trailers. Well, yes, and it sounds like you're doing a good job of that, Sharon. I'm proud of you. But yeah, I I almost feel like I don't need to see this movie because the trailer basically showed the whole fucking story. Um, I'll wait until this comes out on Redbox or streaming to watch it because it didn't look too great. But it's really funny that <laughs> this happened to be the next on the list. And it does kind of sound like the Katie Holmes. <laughs> and I don't remember. Again, Escape story. I think I only saw The Invisible Man when I was like six because it was on TV and my parents were watching it. So I don't even remember the plot other than a guy tries to make him he somehow becomes invisible and then hijinks ensue. But this sounds darker obviously oh yeah i don't think the original involved an abusive like husband or or boyfriend not that being in black and white means they didn't smack their wives around but like still yeah um but i do scientology aside i do really like elizabeth moss oh i love her i think she's a great actress she really is and i just i just it's yeah i I don't like the fact that she's in this cult of scientology but whatever i bet Tom Cruise does have enough money to make himself invisible. <laughs> I bet he's figured out a way. And we should probably stop talking about it because he's probably standing right behind you right now and we don't even know. Fuck. All right. I mean, we love you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy. Hail Elron Hubbard. <laughs> we're we're going to we're never going to make it out of the studio today. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go from the Invisible Man to Candyman coming out uh June 12th, 2020, so y'all have a little time to spare and get ready. Um, Jordan Peele is the co-writer along with Clive Barker, who yeah. wrote the original Candyman, um, and also the he's also the producer of this film, which is also directed by another female director, hell yeah, uh, Nia DaCosta, loving all the up-and-coming female horror movie directors. Mm-hmm. Seriously, this is rad. Um, filmed in Chicago, like the original from uh, 1992, for those of you who don't know, this actually is a, a, re- a remake, essentially. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the 1992 film was about the Candyman, a former slave lynched for a relationship with a white woman. If you say his name five times in the mirror, he comes for you. The film spawned two sequels, but this is going to be a spiritual sequel to the 1992 horror film uh, that returns to uh, the now gentrified Chicago neighborhood where the legend began. That's part of the plot, but it's also true in real life, which is kind of interesting. it's a modern twist on it. So is Thank it really you. a remake or is it it's a, a spiritual sequel? So okay. we'll and I, there's more on that. Well, not more, but continue. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, blah 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 blah. According to a Deadline.com article, um, quote. Peel wants to address how toxic fandom has become. Monkey Paws creative director Ian Cooper said in an Deadline.com interview, quote. We talk a lot about fans and the idea of appeasing fans. And when do you do that? How do you do that? And when do you not do that? I think my issue with fandom is that it's really problematic. It's probably the most problematic thing facing the genre. And this is me, Melinda, speaking. I would actually probably agree with that. Uh, 
to go on with his quote, what we're doing with Candyman and how Jordan is crafting it on the page is going to be very exciting and rewarding to audiences that haven't seen the original film, as well as people who have seen the original film. In a broad sense of the word, this film will stand alone if you've never heard of a film called Candyman and will dovetail in a pretty complicated and interesting way to the original. It's something Jordan has been talking to me about for many years, and it's gone through iterations that are so high concept they're basically a Gus Van Sant film uh they've gone through many iterations let's just say end quote um in short he thinks this will really fit in with what their company has been doing uh with Get Out and the film Us in a way that will be circuitous oh what I, I did want to add that actor Tony Todd will, will actually be reprising his role as the Candyman um and what I think is really interesting about this i'm actually kind of psyched because the plot clearly is art imitating life the original film was filmed in if you're not from chicago uh a housing complex for low-income folks that no longer exists but particularly african-american low-income folks so having said all of that i am psyched i think jordan peele can do no wrong personally um he's also not human, I think, because he's so freaking talented <laughs> in comedy to horror to everything. But I am psyched about this premise. I, by the, When I heard that Tony Todd was returning and, and like the whole Cabrini, like they're, do, they're talking about what really happened in Cabrini Green with the gentrification. I, I'm in, man. I can't wait. I don't remember much of the original Candyman movie, but it sounds like... You don't really have to know it. So I remember that scared the shit out of me when I watched it in high school. <laughs> yeah, it did scare me too. Um, I think I watched it at our friend Megan's house and I just I have a thing about bugs and I don't want to give away any spoilers, but but yeah, it's a it's a creep it's a creepy movie. I never saw any of the sequels, but I'll see this for Shersies. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to this and I'm thinking he was being a little tongue-in-cheek when he said that this is basically a Gus Van Zandt movie. <laughs> that made, I, had to, I had a hard time even reading that because that, that, made, that made me laugh. But that's actually really funny. Cause I just said that me laugh. That made me laugh. That Sharon, me laugh. Sharon I, and I don't speak English all that well. I understood what you meant. Thank you. But I love Gus Van Zandt. So, um, in a way, it's like I'm in either way. <laughs> very curious to see if he was being facetious or somewhat literal with that yeah. reference um but yeah jordan peele i'm so excited and i'm really excited to see what he's going to do and um jordan peele with clive barker oh yeah what like this Amazing. might be we might all need like tons of therapy after this this might be super scary because those i mean clive barker he writes a good scary tale so uh we will bring a candy man i want to see that i'm excited about this i'm i'm I, I can't wait. And I actually do think I want to see this in the theaters. Cause, For sure. Yeah. When absolutely. does it come out again? Um, I was scrolling and now I had to scroll past it. Um, it. Oh, June 12th. So we've got some time to plan and we'll make a candy party. Okay. Anyways. All right. So uh, moving on, um, Sharon, uh, what's happening on your end of the world <laughs> of the table? What new movies are you going to talk about next? All right, so the next movie I have is Extraordinary. It's going to be released on March 6th, and 
it was released pretty much everywhere else in the world last year. <laughs> uh, we're a little behind here, I guess. Um, but it did debut at South by Southwest in March of 2019. So the film stars Maeve Higgins, an Irish comedian and podcaster. What up, fellow podcaster? <laughs> She's also an author whose uh, her latest book is called Maeve in America. It also stars Will Forte and Claudio Doherty, who I don't know if you know who she is, Mindy, but she's a fucking hilarious actress and comedian. She's on the TV show Love, and she's um, from the movie Trainwreck and Longshot. Awesome. Um, Rose, who's played by Maeve Higgins, is a mostly sweet and lonely Irish driving instructor who must use her supernatural talents to save the daughter of a man named Martin from a washed-up rock star played by Forte, who is made a pact with the devil to regain his stardom. I feel like I don't know what just happened in the past. Like that, All of that was very, wow, that's a lot. Interesting. An Irish driving instructor with supernatural talents who has to save some random guy's daughter from uh, Will Forte, who has made a pact with the devil to regain a stardom. And I don't know, he's going to sacrifice the daughter or I don't know what he's going to do with her. But yeah, it sounds like a horror comedy that, you know, has a good cast and an interesting plot. So, uh something that I definitely think I would check out. Yeah, IMDb does say it's a comedy fantasy horror, and I think I may have seen the trailer for it, and it looked weird and odd and funny and kind of creepy. Well, I won't see the trailer for it, but I might decide to watch it. Yeah, cool. All right, Minnie, what is next on your list? I got a purge. You got a purge? (laughs) Well, I'm not sure what the title is yet, but there's going to be another purge. Spewing to this. <laughs> that, uh, uh, that is a... Oh, don't say it. If you don't know it, Google it. There's a, maybe some younger folks out there who have never seen or heard of Wayne's World. I don't know. They can Google it. Don't have to explain our references. Let's assume <laughs> that our audience is smarter than that and they know how to use Google. All right. Anyway, that was all my horrible attempt of trying to say that we're, there's going to be another Purge sequel. Um, it's literally called Untitled Purge Sequel right now when I tried to find info on it. Um, it comes out July 10th. Um, full confession, I have not seen these movies at all. Um, but I guess it's that time again. Everybody be getting their crime on for one night only. Um, apparently this might be the last purge, according to the creator. Um, in other news, holy shit, how are there five purge movies out there? You gotta catch up. Well, I'm not gonna hold my breath. But there'll be another one in July. So if you're looking to get out of the heat and sit in a cool movie theater, go do watch that movie and commit crime. Maybe not the last part, but I hope definitely you- not the last part. Anyway, I clearly I'm not very interested in this movie. I don't know if you have any thoughts, Sharon, but you've no. seen those movies, right? No, I've seen the first one, and I uh, fucking uh, okay. Here's my thing with the purge, the whole concept of it. It is something I actually think might happen one day. <laughs> so oh, shit. the movie terrified me the whole concept of the movie terrifies me because human monsters are the worst monsters and the the fact that um the government would let something like that happen honestly at this point in time Mm -hmm. doesn't seem that far out of reach for me i couldn't bring myself to watch any of the other ones uh kind of the same way you feel about like torture 
films, Mindy, or yeah. home invasion movies. Um, those to me are like the most terrifying things because they're so realistic. Yeah. I have, however, heard very good things about the TV show, which I might check out, but I'm not down with any of the movies. I don't think I'll see this. Honestly, I don't think I'll even see it for our end of the movie yeah. wrap up unless I hear like completely amazing things right. about it. Um, also, which I'm yeah, not I expecting. Forgot, I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah, there's a TV show, too. I But honestly, I've heard really good things about the TV I show. I have, too. But like, I agree with you completely, which is why I've never seen these, because I was like, this is a little too close to reality, I feel like. And I don't want to know what would happen because for sure. Now, if you excuse me, I'm going to go hide in my third floor apartment with my cat and tons of wine and never leave again. <laughs> yeah, you you wouldn't be safe. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd do well in The Purge. Or maybe I'd be great. Who knows? But anyway, go see that in July. I want to see Mindy wielding like an axe or chainsaw or something. And a bottle of wine on the other hand. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the last Purge movie I actually did see. I didn't see the second and third really? ones. But I did go see the first Purge from 2018. You went to see it? I did, yeah. Because it, it looked kind of like an interesting idea. Um, and because it's... It's, it's the very first time this it, it's it's the story about how it gets created how it oh. gets started how did i miss that you saw a horror movie without me usually i have to make you watch every horror movie you watch that's why yeah. i was like you went to see <laughs> I, I thought i thought you were sitting there next to me all right so how was it it was it was it was fine it wasn't terrible it wasn't amazing but it was it deals a lot with race uh in the and, and politics and it so it was i thought it was kind of an interesting story you know it only has a 5.1 on IMDb, so, you know, eh. take that with a grain of salt. Horror movies never have yeah, great ratings. Yeah, that exactly. That really has nothing to do I don't do with trust it. anything. Um, but I I didn't hate it. I thought it was kind of enjoyable. I'm also not the best one. I'm not a good critic on movies. I sort of like almost everything. Um, that is true. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was. I have question, so many questions, but I'll ask you later about it since it's a prequel. I probably won't remember. That's all right, but they... Our listeners probably don't want to hear them anyway. So, um, so let's let's get off of purging and Sharon. What 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 do you have to talk about next? All right. So this is gonna be the last movie for our part one episode. Uh, it's Saint Maud, which again I accidentally saw the trailer for. What do we go see? We went to go see a non horror movie. Was it Knives Out? It might have been Knives Out, and they played this, and I was like, shit. So. I either just like sit there with my eyes closed the whole time or like walk out of the theater right now because I wasn't really expecting horror movie trailers during Knives Out. And it did look pretty good. Okay. So, and it honestly, the trailer didn't give too much away. There you go. Um, so I'm glad about that. So this is in theaters um, March 27th. It's directed by another female director. What up? Rose Glass. I looked at her credits and all I could see that she's done so far are shorts. So this is actually her first feature-length film. Rad. Uh, I don't know who any of the actors are. They're all basically new up-and-coming uh, stars, maybe. <laughs> um, so this movie comes from the UK. It's about Maud, who is a reclusive young nurse whose impressionable demeanor causes her to pursue a pious path of Christian devotion uh -oh. after an obscure trauma. Now charged with the hospice care of Amanda, who is a retired dancer ravaged by cancer, Maud's fervent faith quickly inspires an obsessive conviction that she must save her ward's soul from eternal damnation. Whatever the cost. So I read a review written by the Toronto International Film Festival, which states, quote, 
Well-placed nods are made to religious horror forerunners like William Fredkin's The Exorcist, further contributing to the film's increasingly dread-filled malaise. And when this insidious fever climactically breaks, the the consequences are devastating and terrifying in equal measure. So that's like kind of cool that they're... That's kind of my jam, actually. I love movies like that. Yeah. If they're, you know, making a comparison to The Exorcist, that's... That's a great compliment. Um, in another Toronto film review, it said, Maud is like Carrie White and her mother ro- rolled into one unholy, holy terror. Holy shit. Holy shit. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Carrie and The Exorcist nods to both those films. So Interesting. And I've heard the the woman who plays Maud is amazing in this movie huh so i definitely think i'll be checking this out whether or not i see it in the theaters we'll see but i agree i kind of i'm in it i'm in it i, I want to see this let's do it all right so that's gonna wrap up part one of our uh 2020 horror movie breakdown preview breakdown preview breakdown and we will be back next week with part two and we would also like to thank everyone for listening and supporting us also, if you are a listener, we would really appreciate it if you could take the time to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform that you listen to us on. This really helps support us and get us more listeners. Uh, we love doing this and we do want to keep growing. So please, please, please go rate our show if you have the time. Also, please send us any of your ghost stories, scary stories, or let us know whatever else you would like to hear us talk about. And thank you to those of you who have written um, ratings and, and really lovely comments. Honestly, we were shocked that they weren't written by our friends. We were like, oh my God, we don't know these people and they're writing this. So thank you. We love you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. And um, if you have any stories uh, that you would like to share with us, you can email us at horrorstalkhorror at gmail.com. Also, follow us on all the social medias. And as always, thanks thanks for getting getting creepy with us. Sharon, do you want a beer? Uh, Oh, my God.